0: Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters Jim Thomas and Matt DeFranks. Well, guys, to uh, start with you, JT, um, yeah, they won a game. They beat Ottawa, which was important. They needed deep need points. Uh, I'd say so far into this uh, very important homestand, uh, Jim, um, yeah, maybe just so-so at best. They, this team still needs more at this time of year. Yeah, they, they
1: certainly do, Jeff. And so they, they've got three games left. And, uh, on the homestand, two of them at least will be very tough. Of course, the blue, the blues aren't in the position to take anyone lightly, but, uh, Nashville's a huge game Thursday, Nashville, a point behind the blues, but actually in terms of winning percentage, they're, they're ahead of the blues. Cause they, uh, played the at least one, maybe it's two, two fewer games than the blues. And then, uh, you have Chicago, which should be a victory, but then, uh, Thompson and, uh, and uh, Buffalo come to town, and I think we know uh, with Buffalo, and right now Buffalo's is still going to miss the playoffs, but when they are on, they are really on, and so uh, I, I think they need to go five and two to feel good about this uh, this homestand. The Blues, the, the Ottawa game started a stretch of six straight games against uh, non-playoff contenders, and uh, the Blues are 11-6-1 against non-playoff teams, so they've have got to make some hay here.
2: Yeah, I yeah I agree with you, JT. I mean, I think there's a couple things about this homestand that really jump out to me. And one is is the caliber of opponents that you mentioned, and they can only play the, the teams that are in front of them, right? And win the games that are in front of them. And uh, as we talked about, they, they should probably beat the Ottawa Senators and and their own composition that they are right now. But it's something that we haven't seen a ton this year. The Blues. Kind of winning the games that they they need to and winning them consistently and and doing all of the right things that way. So it's, uh, it's still something that's a positive step. Last night, even though it should be happening. And then the other part is you wondered what what was the team gonna look like coming back for that road trip? Uh, really, really, a three one road trip, and wondered if that was just a mirage or or the dreaded dead cat bounce or or if it was something that could be sustained and you wonder about the injuries catching up to, to the team, but then you look at the, where the production's coming from and it's coming from the guys that are in, in the lineup because of the injuries, Uh, you know, Jake neighbors last night only recalled because of the injuries to O'Reilly and Tarasenko, right. Uh, That, you know, uh, the third and fourth lines with Hitler, Kachari, Alexandrov. those have been the guys that have been contributing and, and on this homestand. And so far I look today and, Brayden Shen uh, Brandon Saad both have zero points as home so it's not really uh, something that's driven by a lack of depth uh it's just kind of missing some production from that top six
0: Well JT the uh, going back to the Lightning game the uh our heroes did a, a remarkable job of uh, of denying um Steven Stamkos number 500 I mean you almost herculean at times the commitment they had to deny him uh he had no many many scoring chances some bad luck sometimes the blues stepped up uh you know certainly um there's a lot of focus on the blues keeping him off the board but boy you re, you know just remind just an unpleasant reminder of boy when the lightning or the lightning and they're they're pretty healthy they got most of their guys and then they're playing the blues who do not have most of their guys who that was uh that was a step up in class that other than keeping stamkos off the board jt it did not go well
1: yeah, and Braden Point looked like he was going to have, like, six goals in the first period, and, uh, you know, I forgot how quick he is, how fast he is. He is a one-fast skater, and uh, it also shows when the Blues play these contenders, a lot of times, I mean, this is an old saying from football, too. You, A lot of times, the team that makes the most mistakes is the team that's going to lose, and it seems especially... True when the when the Blues are playing step up in class and are are playing the, the the playoff teams it seems like they'll make two or three mistakes and they end up in the back of the net and they uh, uh, they lose the game I mean it happened in the the uh, loss to Calgary it happened in the loss to Tampa Bay where they lose a wall battle or just make a silly pass uh, Justin Fox had some turnover issues lately and boy they've almost all all come to haunt him but it's it's uh, you know fans love to like pound on Pareko. But it's, it's like almost a different set of guys every night when it goes wrong. I mean, in the uh, Tampa game, Achari, of all people, Noel Achari loses a puck battle along the wall, goes right to the slot. Uh, they lose coverage on point, and <clears throat> and it's a goal. I mean, Achari never loses point battles. But uh, uh, it seems like, uh, uh, again, uh, the, the Blues will straighten out one area, and then a different area will uh, – we'll mess up it. That, that was hardly a thing of beauty last night against Ottawa. They, they went from seemingly being in complete control after one. And you would think the neighbors fight would have got them some, uh, you know, some energy, some jump, but it, uh, it went the other way. And uh, it's not like they were hanging on at the end, but th- that game seemed tighter than, than it, uh, <laughs> than it should have been.
2: Yeah. And, and the mistakes that they make uh, they're just magnified, because of the other you know 55 minutes or so that they do play uh they're not carrying play they're not getting out of their own zone uh they're not holding the puck in the offensive zone something we wrote about a little bit earlier this week uh and we we all know that hockey is a game of uh of somewhat randomness and some puck luck here and there and and bad bounces and mistakes and those things can determine games uh when you don't have the puck enough and you you don't put those kind of mistakes on the other team and and uh force them to make them and kind of kind of stack the chips in front of you and so they're they're playing a style right now where they don't have possession enough of the puck and they're turning these mistakes two three uh from themselves into big ones because they, they haven't been able to produce in the rest of the game uh to kind of control the game more uh, and I, I don't know how they get out of that but it's, it's been something that's been kind of a season-long thing for them
0: We'll hit a, uh, on a on the positive side, hitting something positive. You mentioned Jake Neighbors. This uh, we've talked quite a bit about. You know him, um, projecting him going forward, what he could could mean. Uh, he had a lot to learn playing at this level, sustaining his play. Um, he really steps up in a lot of ways uh, in the Senators' game, and you know this is the type of hockey that makes Chief happy. He'll play that game. And, you know, he does have some ability. He has improved his skating. He, you know, he did prove his toughness. So as if we, if we start shifting over and start looking at some good things, uh, Jim, that um, this opportunity for neighbors to play and, uh, and, and show things and please the coach, uh, that's certainly a positive at least, uh, especially coming off this last game. Well, I think we forget all the time he missed
1: because of uh, when he was in juniors, he had a shoulder injury. And junior hockey was really messed up even more than the NHL because of COVID. So, for a couple seasons, he missed a lot of hockey. And so, he comes up, you know, he starts the season with the Blues. He's not getting a lot of minutes. I I think getting that month, that full month in Springfield, really helped him get his confidence back and his offensive uh, confidence. Since he's come up, this is the, I think, the Jake neighbors that we all expected to see, except... I again, it's just one fight. I, I didn't know he was a fighter. I didn't know he could, uh, he could pound it like that. But he has, uh, you know, he's been back at uh, the start of the new year, these eight games, and he's got five points in uh, eight games. He's getting chances and he'll hit people, a, a good passer, a, a smart player. He, he's not overwhelmed by, by the game uh, at all. And, and so, yeah, I think that uh, gives you some confidence uh, for the future. He's going to be a good hockey player. I'm not going to say he's not going to be a maybe a superstar, maybe not even a star, but he's going to be a good hockey player. I think another thing, Jeff, is, uh, and again, it's a much smaller sample size, but Tyler Tucker, I mean, my goodness, you got, you got to like what you've seen from Tyler Tucker. And again, small sample size, but if Mikola doesn't resign, and my my instinct tells me maybe he's asking for more, then the blues want to pay. Remember their, their cap is, they have like 14 million to sign 10 players of cap room. So uh, unless they free up some money, it's almost an impossible task. I think Tyler Tucker maybe could step into that Nikola role, at least as a third line guy, very nicely. Uh, As uh, Matt, you know, these young guys are are high tech. Uh, Matt captured that uh, jawing match between, uh, uh, between uh, Tucker and uh, I forget who the, uh, who the other player was for Ottawa, but, uh, uh, yeah, Tucker's Tucker is the kind of defenseman that, the, uh, that the blues need in terms of his, uh, his physical play, his sandpaper and, and, uh, kind of this, the simplicity of, of his game
2: yeah, I love that it's changed last night. <laughs> it's just like uh, like almost like middle schoolers going back and forth. He, you shut up. no, you shut up. and, and you just want to <laughs> imagine what what Austin Watson and him were saying to each other, and it's, it seems pretty simple. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on neighbors, he was someone who I didn't really see a ton of uh, when I was down in Dallas and someone who I was looking forward to to watching. He's been a lot of fun. like mostly, I just see him in preseason games, which are kind of uh, tougher to judge, you know, players on and, but he's been kind of in a way predictable, you, you know what you're going to get from him um, game in game out and he's going to skate hard and he's going to hit hard and he's going to try to forecheck hard. And he does have some skill to bat that up. And, you know, at 20 years old, you don't know kind of where this goes from here. Cause he has shown the ability in the Western league to to score a bit. And I know that's juniors and, and this is the NHL, but, there is some sort of skill there to and those are the players that you kind of need in your middle six that can do a little bit of everything that can check a bit that can score a bit um, that'll probably be cost controlled for a decent amount of time uh, fit under the salary cap. And uh, those are good things to see out of him and, and a good player, uh, really a good complementary player, I think at this point uh, that teams really need on their roster and in their system.
0: Yeah, and speaking of that, JT, you mentioned earlier, um, it's been uh, there were some tough moments for Noel Chari, but uh, Matt mentioned earlier too that there's been a lot of production from uh, the guys who have had to step up and play uh, bigger roles, or at least provide some some offense with guys missing. Noel's been a real good addition uh, from the get go for a team that wants to play a certain style that has struggled to play a certain style, but he plays that style, uh, JT, uh-huh. and he is a predictable player. And, you know, he's got enough ability where when things get bad and a lot of guys are hurt, he can move up, play a little bit with better players, play a little bit in in even a power play scenario. He knows how to play with good players. It's not really what he does for a living, but he uh, all in all, of all the things that the team did or didn't do in the offseason, adding Noel was certainly uh, you know one of the real positives
1: sure. And they need to, it was just a one-year deal. He's a guy that they need to try to resign because you're right. He's definitely a Baruby type player. He leads the team in, uh, in hits and uh, he, he can go up the, he can go up the lineup a little bit. And, uh, uh, but, uh, especially an effort guy is his goal to the, the play that he scored the the, the goal on uh, showed. And I would say the two most pleasant surprises this year would be Achari and, uh, and Callie Rosen.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, with all the injuries, he's kind of been miscast as a third-line center. I think you know, on a playoff contending team, you want him on that fourth line. And, you know, first unit PK uh, being able to win face-offs, I think I looked at it, he's leading the Blues in face-off percentage. Uh, you know, and without Ryan O'Reilly out there, you, you need another option to, to win draws. And he he provides that. That's why you saw him on the power play last night a couple of times. I think he had a, a three-second shift, where he went out there, took the draw, lost it, went to the bench. So he's kind of provided um, some stability in that bottom six and ten goals. You'll take that, right? Um, I, I do think you probably will see him slot back into to where the Blues would like him when they get healthy again. Um, but it's funny, I I met him the the other day and I looked in his locker and he had a his shoulder pads have one of those those Douglas lower back pads that you see on football players. And I hadn't really seen a ton of that from hockey players. Uh, I think the only other person i would seen with that is Mason Marchment, and Marchment and acharya were, were teammates in Florida, and uh, they they were saying, you know, really all the cross checks they get in at the net front from defensemen is why they have that, and uh, you know that's kind of just a player that acharya is. He he needs extra equipment, extra gear because of the style of game that he plays down there.
0: Yeah, and just to follow up with you, Matt, uh, you know guys like Marchment. Uh, there's a reason why Dallas was willing to pay a premium to, to get him. I mean, the, the style of play, the way that guy plays in uh, the long road he took to get to where he's at and to show up and do what he does, you know, in this sport, you know, it's just invaluable paying the price and the guys that pay the price play smart and, and never take that shortcut, but take direct route, which can be painful man, you know, I mean, they love him down there. And, and, and he's a, I, mean, I guess a younger and probably better version of, of what uh, the blues have known.
2: Yeah. And it, it's, fun. I think he's hit a little bit of a cold streak recently, but the first maybe five, 10 games, he was, he was fun to watch because he was making skill plays that people once thought he never could make. I mean, he was a bottom six player in the AHL. Right. And suddenly he's dancing Roman Yossi on opening night. So uh, yeah, definitely a fun player to look at. And for them down there, they thought he could be a, a younger Jamie Ben replacement and kind of uh, kind of fit with Sagan there. I don't know if it's worked out that way recently, but that's kind of what they were thinking with him.
0: Hey, JT, you got to mention, you mentioned uh, guys jawing and getting into it and it was a spirited game against the Senators. Um, did my eyes deceive me, but was that 55 Uh skirmishing a bit with uh, young Brady Kachuk right around the goal with Brady doing the radio. I figured you would
1: notice that and I yeah. did a double take too and at the end of it all uh, some pretty good shoving Brady Kachuk. Kachuk, what a pest. Isn't he fun to watch? What a pest. He's your kind of player, isn't he, Jeffrey? But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, at the end of that skirmish, it's done. The ref's leaving. Kachuk starting to skate away and uh, Kachuk kind of has the his stick over his shoulder. And Pareco kind of grabs the stick. You got to really be an agitator in Brady Kachuk to get Pareko uh, <laughs> aggravated. So, yeah, that was uh, fun to see. And that, that was a fun game. It was a physical game. And uh, Ottawa, uh, they're a fun team to watch.
2: I'm just always shocked at just how big Brady Kachuk is. I always forget. He's a, he's a large man. And you see him standing next to Pareko, and those are two big boys there.
0: I did want to talk about speaking of uh, of Brady and, you know, which it was interesting to see that, you know, he made the decision to stick it out with the senators and now the senators are for sale and the owners of the, uh, the owners was one goofy individual that had the senators. The market was plagued by the goofy owner and in in an arena deal that probably never should have been made, but was made. And they got stuck out in the suburbs. But um, you know, JT, I want to ask you about the, and, and and get Matt to chime in on this because the Blues have had had goofy ownership at some point, and finally things got right. Um, Dallas way before Matt um, was uh, even um, I don't know even if you were you know, alive. In bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah. Ba- like Norm Green was a that guy was a creep and a, a bad owner oh. back with the Stars, and it just it could be it's amazing what that could how bad that could be for a franchise. But I'm excited by. You take Ottawa, you've kept Brady Kachuk, you've got big-time offensive talent, you need more on blue, on the blue line, but now if you get an owner that can really do the job there and you get that arena downtown, man, I tell you what, that, that could be a really good team for a long time. And, man, those fans have suffered since uh, the Daniel Alfredson days uh, waiting for this day to come. And it looks like they're going to be freed from their suffering, JT.
1: Yeah, it really
0: does. And, and
1: uh, you know, they probably overall they could use a little better – goaltending although they their representative back there but uh, you look at some of the young players they have even DeBrinket is only uh he's only 25 uh drake batherson is is got who has 10 power play goals he's he's 24 uh kachuk's 23 uh i'm gonna mispronounce his name stutzel however it's pronounced he's only 21 so they, they've got some uh they've got some good young players and uh i don't think we saw their offense at its best last night that may change when uh uh, matt matt's got that game in february when when matt's up in ottawa they we may see them coming at the blues a, a little bit more but uh and with that talent and that speed uh again we we saw some of the sandpaper too so uh yeah it looks like and they're they're on the fringe and they're not going to make the playoffs this year but they, they seem not like they're definitely finally headed in the right direction
2: yeah i, I love the city of ottawa uh, beautiful architecture. Parliament Hill is, is gorgeous. They have the canal downtown. Canada, entirely <laughs> different story. <laughs> that, that that place is uh, there's not much to to eat around there. Um, not only a couple places to stay. So I'm I'm looking forward to when the senators are going to be based in in Ottawa, the city, uh, and I think that's what they're trying to do right now with with the uh, you know, the, the new ownership sale and all that stuff. Uh, but you, you're right, Jeff, like ownership is a, is a massive thing in these franchises. I, I know that there was at least one coach that didn't go coach the Panthers because they were worried about ownership there. Um, you know, back when I covered them for, I guess I was five or six years ago. And, you know, in Dallas, as you mentioned, uh, you know, before Tom Gillardi bought them, they were in bankruptcy and now they're a, a cap team. And, you know, that's that's resources from ownership. Uh, the thing about the the senators that I appreciate is the bets that they've made on their young players. So Josh Norris signed an eight-year extension this past year. Stute did the same thing. Uh, those guys are getting paid for you know probably numbers they haven't put up yet. Then they're kind of projecting out to to be worth those big uh, those big contracts. I mean that that's like paying Thomas and Kyrou before they were point per game players. And and that's those are the bets that the senators have made. And if the cap goes up, like many think it will in the next few years, those will look great if they keep producing uh, those those numbers will be steals. Um, but it is just such an interesting dynamic to see from the senators when they go out and trade for Debrinkit, they signed Giroux. Shabbat was signed a few years ago to a, to an eight year term. And uh, then they have Stutzla and and Norris signed. uh you know i do think they still have some questions in goal uh, i don't know if you can trust cam talbot as your number one goalie uh but it, the direction is is much better than it was uh, a couple of years ago and
0: uh, quick, quick follow-up uh, all right uh, compare and contrast uh glendale which is kind of built up i guess compared to what it once was in canada i guess similar in the sense of like being away from civilization and maybe a mistake to build an arena <laughs> yeah oh
1: oh, glendale's 10 times better than canada for the uninitiated canada is a a suburb of ottawa and it is out in the middle of nowhere i love the uh matt matt de travel log maybe we need to get a little rating a little travel log of every stop
2: oh yeah I'll, i'll do it you know uh you know it's in glendale jt i don't know i don't know where you stayed there but like the the actual like options to eat and be entertained that were not bad like there there are a few bars there are a few restaurants there is plenty to to do in that like as long as you stayed in the small area right yeah that that like square mile (laughs) of a complex (laughs) uh but it just it took like 45 minutes to get to the airport from there and um the atmosphere i think uh at both places are is just not good um and jim i know you're gonna be going to arizona pretty soon uh I went to to mullet when I was in Dallas and uh, it's a, it's a much better atmosphere than it was in Glendale. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it.
1: Yeah. I look, I look forward to it. Now is it named after a guy named mullet or is there a statue (laughs) of a guy with a mullet (laughs) hairdo? Uh, I
2: I believe it's just a donor, but on that on their, their first night, I think they handed out like blonde giveaway wigs to, to be mullets. So.
0: Okay. They're embracing it, I guess. Yeah. Good, good marketing. Well, J- JT, I expect one of our favorite chatters from the live, one of our regular participants in the live chat to drop by and say hi because he's uh, he's all about the Coyotes in addition. Yeah, to
1: he actually came up and uh, visited me. I don't know how he got up in the press box an hour and a half before the game, but uh, he was up there. And, uh, you know, Matt is making his uh, chat debut uh, not this Wednesday, but a week from Wednesday. So I'm going to have to uh, give him a little scouting report on there what you to go. back from this particular individual.
0: alright little We'll
2: pre-scout.
1: So
0: yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be helpful because you're going to wonder where some of this is coming from. All right, so, and, and I know a guy who calls himself Roy is probably listening to the podcast, and hopefully we'll get a shout-out from him Friday in Night live chat. Um, <laughs> all right, JT, a couple more topics to go here. One is uh, getting Nick Letty back. Uh, this team, that certainly uh, helps with the defensive pairings. It's been the ongoing challenge all season, trying to find the right fits with guys, and it got a lot harder when you had – up to three AHL H- guys in there at once, and that's you know d- diminishing. Uh, I guess what Kylie Rosen's meant to this year's team because he that's pretty much who he was until this year, but um, you know maybe a little more settled JT uh, on the blue line now that Nick's back.
1: Yeah, for sure. And what we saw him do last night, which he he's done occasionally but not enough. He was really moving the puck, skating up the ice, carrying the puck, and he needs he needs to do that. More often now, he's not—he's not a great scorer. I mean, he, he doesn't have any goals this year. But still, uh I, you know know—the—the uh, the Blues, as as uh, Matt uh, pointed out so deftly in his article on possession, they're—they're they're just not generating anything. in In the last seven games, they're averaging only twenty three shots on goal per game. They're getting outshot in these last seven games by like ten shots on goal per game. That's a, not a sustainable winning formula. But when you have a guy like Luddy who can move the puck get it uh, get it through the neutral zone I mean I I, I say the, the 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 more the merrier with uh Nick and and uh you know on those occasions uh maybe pareco uh stays back and 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 guards the house uh, so to speak but yeah he he has definitely uh he has definitely helped out and uh, again I uh, uh you know he needs to do more of that
2: yeah, and it's been in kind of uh, unexpected scenarios for me because you expect a defenseman to to lead, to join the rush, uh, be a fourth man up uh, when you're in transition and you know when you're exiting the zone. But his end-to-end rushes have come in kind of controlled breakouts. He's standing behind the net. You know, he'll outskate one four-checker, and then he'll he'll get the blue, get the red, get the other blue, and generate something. And they just kind of created it all on his own, where other defensemen might. You know, might throw away a pass uh, in the neutral zone and, and suddenly you're back on D. And he's been doing that uh, kind of skating out by himself uh, the last last game for sure. Maybe I think I remember before he got hurt, I remember one play that jumped out at me as well. So uh, that's been kind of a, an unexpected thing where you, you don't really see it coming from a controlled breakout and suddenly the plus on the other end.
0: All right. Last topic uh, for this net front uh, coming up the rest of the, the, the homestand and it starts off with a familiar opponent, JT, and, and one that's, you know, solid this year. Good, but man, I, I expected a lot more. I, I thought, Na- I thought the Nashville predators would be even better. A couple guys had unbelievably peak years by the, you know, after really being quiet in Johansson and Johansson uh, and Matthew Shane, but I uh, So I knew there'd be some regression there and they gave uh, Forsberg made the commitment. He, he's a heck of a player. I love the Niederreiter uh, addition. I, I love the size of that team. Of course, Yossi last year had an unbelievable season as well. But uh, and, and of course he had a great goaltending situation gets resolved with Saros. And I saw, I thought, I really thought that team would be doing um, maybe what Dallas has done this year and, or more and even more, well, but still, JT is still formidable. And I, I tell you what, I would expect no shortage of contact when these teams play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's big boy hockey for sure. When you play Nashville, a lot of contact, I too thought they'd be, they'd be better, uh, a little better. And they're, they're still, they're, they're not that far out of it. So if they get hot, they could be a factor. And, and uh, I think hockey more, certainly more than football. If you, if you get in the playoffs uh, you, you have a chance. So uh, uh, it is a big game for the blues. Uh, uh they're on it's not really a hot streak the the Blues are on a I'd call it kind of a pretty good streak since like mid-December I think they're like 10-5-3 and, and it it started with a 1-0 win one nothing victory over Nashville so it was encouraging to see from Bennington last night and I you know he, he's Still could be better. I mean, a, a lot of people are, t- well, he's the MVP or whatever. I'd be interesting to see what the underlying analytics say about Bennington. But he's still way down in save percentage and goals against. But it was good to see him win that kind of game last night, especially with this lineup, even when they start to get some guys back. The Blues, if they really want to make the playoffs and have any hope of doing anything, they, they need to win some two-to-one games And uh, it might be that way against Nashville. It might be another low scoring game.
2: Yeah. JT, the, uh, the analytics on on Bennington, they're a little bit below league average in terms of goals saved uh, above expectations, but sometimes those models don't account for, you know, sudden change of possession, uh, a turnover behind the net, leaving a guy alone in the slot, things like that. So they might undervalue uh, shot quality there. So, for a team like the Blues that has had those issues, it might be undervaluing the chances that they've given up for him. Um, but that's generally what they say about him. And then, you know, as far as Nashville goes, yeah, Jeff, I'm I'm kind of shocked by them too. Uh, I just looked right now; they're getting nine twenty goaltending, nine twenty, and they're they're not in the playoffs. Uh, I think you you mentioned Duchesne, Johansson and yossi uh they're all kind of coming back down to earth and those seasons they put up last year were were crazy i mean yossi did he did he actually hit 100 or would he just get really close to 100 uh, in terms of points uh
0: he fell just short but he was i think that was his pace um yeah but, but yeah. yeah and then you know the other i mean matt you know he was roger Hansen was declared legally dead i think in some states as an <laughs> offensive player anyways and and he came back and you know and matt had been quiet to be nice for a couple of years um and they just this epic. Numbers. Of course, their power play was was just rocking too. And then you know they add another big winger, man. I mean, what? And I thought there's the perfect fit. And they can, yeah, he's fine. Needle's been fine for him, but that's why I thought I thought that would actually put him over the top. Yeah,
2: and you know what? Uh, the Predators actually probably did the Blues a favor by getting Ellie Toblin in out of the uh, division and waving him and losing him into Seattle. So yeah, they're an interesting team. Uh, I, I've never really thought they had much of an identity the last two years i mean last year you have those big seasons from johansson uh duchene yossi Saros, and their their height was a, a sweep in the first round by the avalanche so uh i don't quite know where they go from here and how they move forward and a path forward for them
0: Hey, jt that did bring up a topic that came up in the chat and we were admonished by our favorite chatter to not make a bigger point of this we talked about a little bit in the press box but eli i mean there's a guy that i mean you he yeah he didn't live up to his draft level for nashville and he was he rode the shuttle back and forth to the a and he never his offense never came around but you know for the cap hit that he had and and what the blues had in terms of needs and going forward and needing some maybe a guy with some some legs that would last for a while Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean there was that were we wrong? I mean, should that have been something they they did? They they jumped in on um, and, and tried to make happen, even with their cap trouble. Yeah, I, you know, I, it, it's hard to
1: uh, overestimate the the Blues cap problems, and there are a lot of teams in in, in the same boat. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I I I w- wasn't bent out of shape by that. Of course, our friend gets bent out of shape over
0: a lot of things right so i don't know so what do you matt do you think that i mean i i would have thought just all things being equal plug a guy like that and i don't think he's gonna i didn't expect him to put up points as he, as he did in seattle right away but
2: yeah no know. i don't think i don't think anyone expected that i i do believe like it's a discussion right it's a discussion the team has to have uh when a player like that former first round pitch uh he's still 23 years old i think so like he's still pretty young i think there's a discussion that the, the office front office needs to have about that player but i can understand why you don't do it and you know one four five for the next two years it's not it's not it's not a lot um but when you are cap strapped already um and you know you you might not be contending in those two years and you have to resign them to a big deal when you are contending um It's. I think it may be a little bit different in terms of philosophy and organizational timelines. Uh, So I I can understand why it wouldn't make sense for the Blues, but I also think that it's it's a discussion that definitely needs to be had and and thought long and hard about.
0: All right. Well, that's good. See, now we've covered ground. I feel like I can go into my chat Friday and feel like I've done my job, so I appreciate that, guys. (laughs) Well, listen, for Matt, for Jim, I'm Jeff. This has been a great edition of the Netfront Presence. Hopefully, you've learned something about if you're traveling to um, Ottawa, where not to go, if you're in the general area. Of course, you're really barely in the general area if you go out to where the Senators play. Uh, But uh, for for JT, for Matt, I'm Jeff. This has been The Net Front. A reminder that you can get all of our podcasts and our videos, and there's a ton of that, on our website, uh, stltoday.com. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch's online edition is excellent. Um, Also, our print edition, of course, we continue to fill that up with great content. I still see a lot of my neighbors getting that, so please do support local journalism. Until next time, for JT, for Matt, I'm Jeff. See ya!